The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. As if there wasn't enough political chaos in the US, the situation in Israel has now compounded matters. I'm joined by Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at the University of Galway and columnist with the Journal.ie. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Pat. Now, Israel is at war with Hamas and President Biden has pledged absolutely unequivocal support. Yes, I mean, that, that's, that's been pretty much across the American political spectrum. I think there's widespread uh, revulsion at what happened uh, in the Middle East. And I think that, look, this is a reflection of uh, where America has long been when it comes to the Israel-Palestinian Israel, uh, conflict, and that is uh, resolutely on Israel's side, just about. Uh, and, I, you know, again, I, I fear what is to come. Uh, but again, there is not much nuance in American thinking. And if I was to identify an issue uh, on which perhaps the transatlantic divergence in thinking is most pronounced, uh, it certainly is uh, on the issue of Israel and Palestine. Whereas in, in the United States, uh, they don't really see, you know, some of the suffering that's undeniably uh, been visited upon people uh, in Gaza. They only see Israel, an ally, a sovereign democracy, uh, and they see on the other side terrorists. So that is the way uh, this is going to play out politically, especially in the context uh, of a presidential election, especially where Republicans will be competing with one another to be more hawkish and more defensive of Israel. And yet uh, you have uh, people like Tim Scott, uh, who is blaming Biden personally for uh, the the attack, saying he was complicit in the Hamas attack. Biden's weakness invited the attack. Biden's negotiations funded the attack, according to Tim Scott. Yeah, I mean, look, there's politics behind that, but this is in connection with money that the United States gave to Iran in terms of uh, a prisoner exchange agreement uh, and allegations that this money ultimately was funneled into Hamas and supported this. There's really just no evidence of this whatsoever. And look, uh, I understand politics permeates everything, uh, but I really regard this as kind of low uh, that they're saying that the, the Biden administration had any role uh, directly or indirectly uh, in bringing about uh, these horrific actions. So I think, you know, look, it's politics, but it's still disappointing at one level. Mm. And even within the Republicans, uh, there was some division. Uh, Mike Pence saying that the calls to remove America from the world stage to stop being a world actor uh, would give encouragement to movements like Hamas that they they could perhaps act without as much fear of the United States as heretofore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is going to bring that tension to the fore. Uh, and again, Mike Pence is swimming against the tide here. Most uh, in the Republican Party, in particular in the grassroots, want uh, a limited role for the United States in global affairs. There is a pinch point here, Pat, I, I would suggest to you, however, uh, when it comes to uh, Israel. And that is because very many of the social social conservatives uh, who dominate some of the uh, early states, who dominate uh, the Republican nomination process, uh, they'd have very, very strong ties to the state uh, of Israel and would be very, very strongly, uh, you know, of the opinion that the American, uh, America must help defend Israel. So there's a little bit of a conflict there uh, in terms of, you know, intra-Republican party politics in terms of uh, its foreign policy. So that one will also be interesting to watch as this uh, horrible conflict plays out. And I expect, again, uh, to see some pretty horrible stuff in the coming days and weeks. President Biden has ordered a naval uh, warship group to head to the eastern Mediterranean. But you wonder, to do what? Yeah, that's that's the that's the question. I mean, I suppose if anything to pose, you know, to turn to to, to send a signal 
uh, as much as anything else. But the, the, the fundamental equation has not changed in the United States. Uh, the reality is that the American people do not want our troops uh, fighting wars anywhere in the world uh, unless there's a direct palpable threat to the United States. Uh, and President Biden and, of course, the other Republicans are acutely aware of that. Uh, so I think it's it's there as a presence, and that will be about it. Now, meantime, there is no speaker uh, for the House of Representatives, and Donald Trump has weighed in on the side of uh, a man uh, who is quite toxic in many ways in his contributions, and that's Jim Jordan. Yeah, Jim Jordan is kind of a very outspoken uh, kind of a lot of people say he, he loves the limelight and loves grabbing headlines. Uh, he's from Ohio. He's very, very deeply uh, conservative. He would, of course, have a lot of fans uh, among the MAGA faithful and on the hard right of the party. Uh, for instance, he is somebody who is uh, very acceptable to Matt Gates, who led uh, this coup, which, you know, just a week ago, I didn't think was possible, but he is very close and acceptable to Gates. So Jordan, with Trump's backing, uh, of course, is a, a formidable candidate. Uh, and again, with Steve Scalise, who is the other uh, main competitor for the job, uh, you know, look, he is distrusted by some people uh, in the party, disliked in particular by Kevin McCarthy, who I think will be telling people to vote for Jordan out of uh, personal disdain for Scalise as much as anything else. There is also the matter of Steve Scalise's health. Uh, the, the reality is he's been treated for blood cancer. He was shot a couple of years ago by uh, a left-wing extremist. Uh, he is in, 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 you know, his health isn't great. Uh, some Republicans speaking confidentially have said that, look, uh, you know, I love Steve, but I just, you know, I wonder about his capacity to do the job. So that dynamic will also be there. And then lastly, there is a third candidate named Kevin Hearn, uh, who is viewed as pretty, pretty broadly acceptable across the party, somebody who uh, moderates like as well. If this thing can't be decided, if there isn't uh, somebody, if there isn't a clear winner between Jordan and Scalise, uh, it could well be the case that people start to gravitate towards Hearn. So it'll be fascinating to see how it plays mm. out. It, it does seem insane that they don't have a speaker for the House of Representatives while the Middle East is in flames. Yeah, absolutely, and I do think that that could expedite uh, matters because I think that look the public perception here. Uh, will not be a, a good one, uh, that the Republican Party needs a, a de facto leader uh, in Washington uh, while all this is going on. So, look, if they have any sense, you know, they will they will rally around somebody so that there can be uh, a speaker. But, Pat, let's face the reality here, uh, you know, at least on that hard right, at least as, you know, between 30 and 40, uh, who just don't seem to care and, you know, have a rather extreme agenda uh, and won't rest until they get things their way. Uh, and again, a lot of that will boil down to uh, the de deficit spending. A lot of that will boil down to uh, stopping the funding of Ukraine. So, uh, again, that, that, that's a, you know, you, when you presume political reality, when you presume that people will act in such a way as to, to, to the fortunes of their party, etc., you're presuming too much, I'm afraid, uh, in the Republican Party today. Mm. It does seem to open the door to some sort of third party movement. Um, there must be many voters for the Republican Party who are shocked at what their party has become. Uh, I, I think there are some. Uh, I think that I think that the reality is an awful lot of those people, Pat, 
uh, have moved into the Democratic Party. I think we've seen uh, something of a radical realignment in American politics in the past decade or so. Uh, it used to be that, you know, country club types, well-educated people, uh, those who made a lot of money, that they would be Republicans and that working class people uh, would be Democrats. Uh, the reality is that an awful lot of uh, working class people, in particular working class uh, white uh, males and, and females with less than a college degree, they are now the most reliable Republican voters. Uh, the other category of voters has shifted uh, to some extent to the Democratic Party. A lot of them, of course, uh, are independents. So, um, you know, where where the room for a third party is, I, I just don't know. And, you know, this has been mooted on numerous occasions uh, in American political history, and it's never, ever worked out. Uh, one very interesting development I think we're going to see this week uh, is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. seems likely to mount, decide, make the decision that he's going to uh, seek the presidency, not as a Democrat, as he is right now, uh, but rather to mount a third party bid as an independent, uh, how much traction he gets and who he takes more from, the Republican nominee, the Democratic nominee, uh, that could, you know, in the best light seem favorable to Kennedy, uh, that could play a really key role in deciding who the next president of the United States is. It seems incredible that in all the politicians at all levels in the United States, that uh, there's such a basket of deplorables to choose from. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there are no really good choices. And, and, you know, look, if you look at the opinion pieces across from uh, authors across the American political spectrum on the right, the left, and the middle, uh, you know, it's a constant lament of uh, what the likely menu choices are. Uh, you know, going to be next time around. And then you do see also opinion pieces, Pat, which again, I'm watching this space kind of keenly, uh, is that we are a long way away. Uh, and there is space still, uh, potentially for, for Joe, either Joe Biden or, uh, Donald Trump or both, uh, for neither of them to be the nominee. We don't know what lies ahead. And again, those who, who moot that possibility are citing the continued opinion polls that show that the vast majority of Americans don't want either individual to be at the top of their party's ticket. Mm. Uh, finally, the past week, uh, not a great week for Donald Trump. No, certainly not. You know, certainly not in terms of the the case in New York, uh, which is going to drag on uh, for, you know, a, a good while. Uh, and, you know, that is, you know, just the beginning of, you know, a series of, of legal difficulties. Uh, and things are only going to get worse for him here, Pat. I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, he's likely to, to be on the wrong side uh, of both civil and criminal verdicts within the first half of 2024. Uh, how he keeps going, how he keeps battling, uh, it's anyone's guess. But I mean, the, the, the one thing he has going for him is keep looking at the opinion polls. Uh, and he's still way, way ahead uh, of Republican challenges. And indeed, most of them put him slightly ahead of Joe Biden. Larry Donnelly, law lecturer with the University of Galway, columnist with the journal.ie. Larry, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Pat. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.